Hey, this is Victor. So, sound quality is a little tricky this week, but overall, the content's really good. So, enjoy. We are back for another week of Megasheen, the place where you get all your geeky and gay news from a black queer perspective. I'm Victor. And I'm Nick. Woo, it's been a long time coming. It has, it has been. It's been busy. It's been hot here. It's been so many things. What's been going on with you? Child, finished moving. And, you know, when you move, it is such, you don't realize how much shit you have until you have to move it. That's true. And I'm like, oh my God, where is all this shit coming from? You know, the car will be filled and then you move it in. And you're like, oh, that was, that was it? And we only moved that? So finally got everything together at the new place. The only thing left we have to do now is just clean, you know, trying to get that damn deposit back. Um, other than that, I haven't been doing much. I did watch um, Flashpoint Paradox, uh, the Justice League movie, uh, a while back. And let me tell you something. A Wonder Woman will always be that bitch. Was. Like, not only did she fuck up uh, Mira and kill her, she took her crown and then wore it in front of Aquaman saying... I killed your bitch, and I'm going to remind you that I killed your bitch every time you want to smoke. I said, oh, okay, Diana, the the mascara. And she was not afraid to get her hands dirty. When she, uh, when they, when they were in the uh, parallel timeline and Trevor, Steve Trevor was trying to get the information, they got uh, surrounded by the Amazons. They were like, oh, you want me to handle the Amazons were like, they want you want me to handle this? She was like, no, I got this, and broke his neck with the the truth, uh, the lasso of truth. I was like, oh, okay. All right for that. Yeah, she this version was a rough version. And I would love, I would love to see that version meet up with our version. Like tough, you know, like a big tough battle. Just because then I think about when they went with the, the crisis version of that that movie she met Superwoman and how that was really interesting to watch. But not only that, but watching her fight Olympia. I'm kind of confused with who Olympia really is in that universe because they really don't say who she is. She's kind of a made-up character. Um, Superwoman in the comic world is Wonder Woman. It is the reverse Wonder Woman. Woman. Um, But in this cartoon version, she was Mary Marvel. I think she's like Mary Marvel because they are the Marvels. So it's interesting to see how they did that. Um, but yeah, I would love to see something where Wonder Woman met the Flashpoint version. The Flashpoint version was like hard, cold, cold Amazon. Like, and yeah, that was what she, what she did to Mira. That was disrespectful, though. But somebody got into Mira's head saying, oh, you're going to let that bitch fuck your man. <laughs> and Mira was feeling a type of way and ran up on Diana. 
So <laughs> you think about it, Diana is no joke. You, th you think about all of the, from the Justice League cartoons to the movies, like when, a, when all of the heroines went after her in the cartoon and they was like, oh yeah. Just, <laughs> I was like, y'all are just, y'all need to sit down. But they, they gave their hardest. They tried their hardest though. They gave it their all. Yes. So, oh, go ahead. So what have you been up to? Oh Lord. Um, I have been, you know, going through a lot in the sense of good stuff like you know um as y'all already know kickstarter did work out um i was so happy to see that people gave their hard-earned cash to you know help me make my webcomic strange lore a real book and i i was very thankful for it. i think i i began to tear up the last 24 hours because it was a whole bunch of retweets of people like you know just letting everybody know hey we're like $400 away or whatever, whatever. And, and y'all really came through and people who um, I follow or I didn't follow or you follow me or don't follow me. They, it was just nice to see the community come together, you know, especially since, you know, this is a non-existent community. So to see that, you know, the non-existent community come through, <laughs> come through was really like amazing. That was really nice. <laughs> uh, and to see people who gave so much money i mean there are people who are dropping three hundred dollars and i'm like oh my god what that is to deserve it um also there was some people who are anonymous um for reasons i was told that sometimes you can request to be anonymous because you may be somebody um and i had a few of those and i think i know who one of them is and i really appreciate that um and it was just really nice just to see the the support for it so yeah we the money will be coming in, I think, this week. Um, and then I have to, right now I'm searching for printers. And then there's going to be some corrections I want to make. And then we're going to go from there. And then um, I, I got to get ready for the second one. So, you know, hopefully the same family will come out again when I go out for the second one. That's been good. And um, saw Mission Impossible this weekend, which was really good. Y'all need to see it because Angela Bassett showed out. She showed out in this movie, and she commanded um, Henry Cavill. Like basically, he was her bitch. Like he, like she would say, "Go over and do that." He was like, he was just, he was working for her. I mean, all uh -huh. about him, but he, he, he was fun to watch a lot because he, he looks cute in some certain type of pants. I'll say that. Um, but yeah, it was a pretty good movie. It was long though. It's two hours and 40 minutes. So. Like most movies nowadays, are just like ungodly was, long. But I saw this movie at 10, 15, so don't do that. Because I was already, I was like, by the time we got through the last 30 minutes, I'm like, if they don't hurry up and save the goddamn day, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I saw that movie. Um, and just kind of chill over the weekend. Um, but throw out some other news, got job prospects happening out there so um, there's a possibility maybe I could be working in Louisiana uh, Louisiana yeah <laughs> okay there's a possibility um, which might be fun you know to be in Louisiana Baton Rouge it's a possibility and, you know have to be mindful because you know the men down there are no joke Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you can go down to uh, Southern Decadence too. Well, no, I'm gonna stay away from that. <laughs> uh, uh girl, you better go live. Huh? 
I said, you better go live. I've lived enough. I have invited, I'll go and see it. But they do the most. I've seen, they do the most. I've seen the videos. There are, you know, certain sites. There are uh, our videos of what happens in the bars and the streets and the alleys. And I'm just like, y'all are doing the most. But it's no different than what they do in uh, San Francisco. So it's almost the same as that. Right. I'm just looking at some things around here. Um, things around here, things around there. There's parts of me that's like, you know, maybe it's time to make a new journey. Um, but then before I got on this phone call, there was another call today from somewhere in Burbank. So I'm going to leave it at that, uh, which will be totally different. Um, but we'll see how this goes. It was kind of a nice thing today. Nice thing today. That's good. So let's go ahead and get into this Aunt Mace too. Because there was some stuff. Um, <laughs> it's funny because there was just some stuff. Just, I mean, besides political note, you know, stuff is going down. Paul Manafort is about to go. But um, that was this whole Rick, Gate, Rick Gates thing and all that stuff. Uh-huh. It's going to be beautiful. But anyway, let's get into some interesting news from the whole um, James Gunn and the cast <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. So if y'all remember, you know, James Gunn retired some old people. Um, the cast members came out in support of him. Um, and really, you know, wanted him to be hired back. Um, and Disney said, girl, bye. And Mason said, no. Keep on doing what you want to do. Uh, but it's kind of amped up a little bit. Because what's his name? Dave Barista? What's his name? Yeah, Dave Batista. That's a barista. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, Batista um, um, said that you know, well, he'll he'll just walk, he'll just leave if they don't hire him back. Okay. <laughs> like, girl, ain't nobody coming to the movies to see you for real. Let's be, let's call it like like it is. You weren't a the pulling name for Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, I'm about to put that on our Twitter page. I'm about to use that meme. Ain't nobody. Ain't nobody checking for you, Otis. <laughs> like, come on now. I was sitting there like, dude, are you sure? If is this where is this the hill? Is this the one? Is this the cross you you want to bear? Because I'm just like, sir, this is some big money. You you might. Now, I can understand you might be saying, you you might be talking smack, you know, in hopes to get some more money. Maybe. But you know how, but they don't play, you know what they did to, um, what's his name? That's how Don Cheadle got up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just saying, you can't be replaced. They've done it before. They've done it a couple times, so. Mm. Just, just go. Just, you know what? <laughs> Go ahead and fuck up your money, because it's not like you was acting in anything else. That's true. That's very true. But he just needs to be smart, because, you know, this is, you know, it's like working for the state. You don't want to mess that up, because that's some good money and some good benefits. Right. <laughs> and Disney's like working for a good state, so you might want to, no, you'd be like, well, James, I'm sorry, but you know, I'm still going to show up here at 8 o'clock in costume, ready to get this check. And that's 
So Dave, I, I hope you think through this. I don't know if you're doing it for hype reasons or what's going on, but. Actually, all of them need to be thinking through that because they were like, they all signed the, this little sorry ass hire James Gunn letter back or some bullshit like that. And I'm like, you know what? Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't that strong of a trilogy anyway. When it's lined up against Thor, Iron Man, you know, Black Panther, all that, it, it was like, eh, you know, take it or leave it. Yeah. So don't get it twisted because y'all could be written out. <laughs> Very true. And you know, Gamora, you already dead now. I don't know what they do, but you know. Right. Girl, what are you doing here? Y'all don't have to come back because y'all could be the sacrifice. <laughs> you know, so I'm just saying. But you know, you know, I you know, I kudos for them for actually sticking up, you know, because they you know they sticking up for their friends. What we would do for any of our friends. Well, I would do it if I knew my friend was in, in the right though. Yeah, yeah, it's true. This motherfucker's in wrong. <laughs> and Disney knew better. I mean, a part of me is like, Disney, y'all should have done a little bit better in your vetting. Because y'all good at vetting. We all know that. And I don't know if you just felt pressure, but we all know that Disney is for the kids. You know, you have a, a clientele you have to please. That probably would be problematic. I question how problematic it would have been. Because remember, the people who brought this up, they, they're problematic. Ain't nobody giving them no credibility like that. So that's why I was thinking y'all could have probably wrote this out personally. If y'all really, you know, probably like y'all probably could have played with it. But I guess there was, we don't have the time to do this right now. Um, so especially, I guess they was in the middle of that merger and they didn't want anything to be like, you know, taking that away from them. Speaking of that, let's kind of jump into that conversation. So we know the merger has happened. We know that Disney now owns the Fox properties. Meaning, they now have, I guess you could say, the Fantastic Four, which uh, I guess Ghost Rider, um, and they have the X Men. In the past couple of weeks, there's been a lot of talk about the X Men, um, in the sense that you know the movies that are supposed to be coming out, uh, New Mutants and X Men: Dark Phoenix, has been canceled. We also learned that Marvel was the reason. I remember, remember that whole um, Donald Glover was working on um, a Deadpool cartoon? Uh-huh. Then it kind of you know, went away. Yep. Happening. Well, it was revealed over the weekend that Marvel stepped in on that. Uh, yes, I did see that. So that made me start thinking, well, Marvel said no. Is it possible that these properties are probably canceled or they put on notice until they feel like speaking? <laughs> they're going to pull, you know, like, I guess they're going to be like Beyonce, like, we'll speak on it when we speak on it. But I'm beginning to wonder are these properties canceled? And if so, I'm happy. If they, I'm personally, I'm happy if they're canceled. I don't know if they were canceled uh, as far as. Are you talking about Dark Phoenix and the New Mutants being canceled? Mm -hmm. I don't know if they were canceled because I saw conflicting reports saying they were and then one saying, oh, no, they're not. If they aren't, then, you know, I might go and see them only because we might we'll have to do a review about it. (laughs) But it's never like as somebody 
like as an artist, you don't want to put all your hard work into something and then not have anybody see it. So I can understand on that part as far as those actors and everybody attached to the movie is concerned. But the fan in me was like, y'all, this is going to be a mess anyway. (laughs) So do I really want to see it or give them the benefit of the doubt? Mm -hmm. And as far as the, the merger, yeah, you know, Marvel... Well, Marvel and Disney have these big properties from Fox, but, you know, a lot of people are losing their jobs. I've been through a merger, and that shit is never fun. Mm -hmm. So the human side of me, I guess, well, I won't say human, part of me says that that sucks. But the geek says, okay, maybe we can get some definite representation of x-men storylines and maybe we can get a dark-skinned storm yes and that's my main reason that that and the fact that we'll actually get our phoenix story that will make sense um those are the two pieces yes i would love to have a dark-skinned storm and i feel like disney will give us that because they'll be like look we just gave you black panther why would we step back? <laughs> so of course they're gonna give you that. Um, what I what I know Disney will not do. They're not, and y'all need to let this dream die. They will not put Black Panther and Storm as. A Please stop doing that and stop Black saying it's for the culture. Like no, no, stop saying it for the culture, for the children, for the Lord. Stop. Y'all have to remember that they were put together because it was a lazy writing venture. It was by people who just thought they should get together because they were both from in the African diaspora, whatever you want. (laughs) Put them together for these reasons that didn't make any sense. Um, Yes, there is a backstory on them knowing each other, and you can look at that from Marvel Team Up 100, but that was it. They they were like, oh, you remember what happened to us when we were teenagers or younger kids? Yeah, I'm glad to see you. I'm glad you're okay. And that was it. Now y'all try to give this, they try to do this elaborate backstory, how they were hanging out together, and they were young love like that never happened and we don't need to do that so keep them apart i'm sure disney's going to do that because they're going to keep nakia unless nakia dies but they no they're not going to do that it's nakia it's lapita they're not going to play lapita like that so let's just leave that out of this new universe let's give us some great stories um i do agree with you yes people are losing their jobs i have a friend who's a part of fox he's losing his job um he works. He works in DVD, so he's gonna lose his job anyway. But the because <laughs> rude. I know it's rude. I know. He's, and if he hears, he's gonna be like, "Okay, bitch." Um, but <laughs> yes, it, they are losing their jobs because there are already people. But some of them are are joining Disney. That that is slightly. Re- I don't know if that's a secret, but some who are working for them are now. Some of them are already like, oh, I'm in Disney now. So I'm like, oh, okay, that worked out for you. But yeah, it is kind of sad that some of them are losing their jobs over this merger. But yeah, as the geek in me, I'm excited to see what they do with these properties. And yeah, it's going to be fun. We might even have a a, a five a five three Wolverine because technically he's five three. He's <laughs> he's not the tallest. It's funny because in the movie he's the tallest member. But in the comics, he's 5'3". So hopefully... We'll... Wolverine's height did not bother me 
at any point. No, because it was, I wasn't, I was more, I was hoping that they would get Wolverine visually as far as his hair, his built, as far as muscles. Mm -hmm. They got that down. So him being taller than 5'3 was not a factor in my book. Yeah. And me being a weird stickler to certain things, but not all things, I just wanted to kind of, it'll be neat to see, but be, but I feel like Disney will probably, make, they may challenge that and be like, yeah, let's make them 5'3". I mean, we can do it. We got the CGI to do it. I mean, if we can make a, rat, a raccoon talk, we can make a 5'3 Wolverine. Um, so we'll see what happens. We'll, and later, I think we'll probably get into who we will cast and which one should be on this new Marvel team. So I... I'm I'm curious to see what they're going to do if they're going to do something. And it's going to probably be like five years down the road, but who knows? Right. Well, it's going to be interesting as we get more news. I still like we. I will see those other movies for a review, but I feel like Disney might be like, you know what? Let's cut our losses. We didn't pay for these movies to be made, <laughs> so we're not going to pay for the promotion of this. So. They could release it as one of those special DVD sets you get at Walmart. Anything is possible. Right. Now, I know we'll probably get some more news. I know Disney is having their conference, the D23. Yeah. So we might get some news then about the merger. True. Some more news. You're right, because what they do now is, since they are kind of moving away from Comic-Con, they're using that as their big announcement space. Um, so who knows? You may be seeing Megasheen a part of that because you know if that's going if that seems to be the place to be, then we need to be up in there. <laughs> so right. We're gonna have to figure out how to get up in there. But yeah, it seems like D twenty three is gonna be where we hear everything about what's gonna happen with the merger. Let's see what else we have. We have awesome news about Supergirl. So if you were a fan of the original movie, <laughs> I am. I know a lot of people didn't like it, but um, they are they're kind of working on a possible Supergirl movie now. There has been a, some, de- it's, it's in development or, you know, they're just kind of playing around with a script of the new Supergirl movie um, by Oren, by Oren and Yuzel. I'm saying the name totally wrong, but he is working on the script. Um, haven't really got too far about what it's going to be about, but they're going to kind of play on the fact that they're going to use the same notion that she is the cousin of Superman coming from a doomed planet. Um, and, you know, in some parts she came here before him, but aged differently. We'll see how that goes. But, you know, they are looking into doing this and not really using anyone from the TV show. So this is going to be, I think, a, DC, uh, a DCEU project. And could it work? I don't know. What do you think? You think it could work? It could. It's possible. Um, I don't know. Because I'm not the biggest Supergirl fan. Mm-hmm. But if they do it right, then I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. If they do it right, it could work. They have to get a good story, though. Um, yes, good writers. Yeah, and you know what would be really good is that they actually make, if they actually kind of follow through with the that the the do the, the, the dark side storyline, mm-hmm. you know where it's like she's coming here, 
You got Batman who's skeptical. You got Diana who's like, well, maybe we can train her, you know, maybe we can help her. And then we get into, you know, granny goodness and all that good stuff and dark side. That could be something, you know, I don't know. Right. See how adventurous they can be. Uh, which that would be fun to see live, but who knows? But I think that could be a good way they could start before origin. Um, who knows? Who knows? Supergirl. Did you ever see the original movie? I did not. Was it like an 80s movie? Oh, yes, it is. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I think you're like, it's very campy. The gays love it. Oh, of course we love camp. So, yeah, if you get a chance to see it, just because it's Selena, and Selena is the sorceress, played by Faye Downeray. Oh, what's now? Was this before or after Mommy Dearest? After. Oh, was shit. Because her career after Mommy Dear is kind of tanked. Yeah. But she's on a comeback, though. She's doing what? Ads for, was it Versace somebody? What she's doing? Really? Yeah, Google it. She's doing some ads. Um, let's see. She is doing some ads for somebody. I was like, look at Faye Down White coming back. Let me see what she's doing. She is with her new teeth. She is on um, the new face. That's that woman. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. That's a new team. Um, <laughs> she is the new face of Gucci. All right. And she's looking perched in these little hats and everything else. The bags and everything else. So, yeah, she deserves. You know, she she does because a lot of people have written her off mm-hmm. and said that her career was finished after Mommy Dearest. Yeah. But she gave, but she gave you, Mommy Dearest, though. She's a great actress. So y'all better give her. her she coins. is. Give her her coins and roses, cause I'll I'll be glad to see her. So yeah, she's already looking cute with this bag. It's on Gucci. Uh, it's on Gucci's Instagram. So she's uh-huh. and, and you know she had a she kind of had a comeback with that whole Oscar belt fallout. <laughs> yeah, she did. It wasn't her fault, but she was just there. It made us, it made us like, oh, that's Faye Dunway. Who is that? And you got to Google and find out. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to be going down with this new, maybe, Supergirl. And maybe she make a guest appearance. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. They do have a Selena character in the, in the TV show, but she's nothing like the Selena in the movie. But you just, just watch the movie. Just watch it. And see what you think. Okay. Of, uh, people coming back. Um, Jessica Lang is coming back for American Horror Story. But Angela Bass is not coming back, so I'm like, Ugh. well, you know, I, I guess we win some, we lose some. I guess she's she coming back. Well, Billy Porter signed on to American Horror Story too. Yeah, he's on there too. It's gonna, it's gonna be star studded. But then Angela did make a make a comment. She said, in some sense, she was saying, "Never say never," though. But who knows? They could be playing us, and then all of a sudden, here she is. But yeah, uh, Jessica Lane is returning the next season of American Horror Story. Um, and I think we talked about this before, but if you don't know, this season is going to be all about the Antichrist. Um, basically, um, if y'all remember the first season, it ended with um, the baby that was born from Tate and the mother. Now, Tate was a ghost a spirit that would not cross over. And he got um, the mother played by Connie Britton. Um, she got pregnant, had twins. One of them died, but the other one lived. And that is the baby. 
that baby was being raised by Constance, and Constance was Jessica Lane's breakout role in the first season. So she's coming back as Constance, um, where she is going to, she has to, because she's been raising this, this kid. Um, it's good. It seems to be very interesting because the, I went back and watched the first season over the weekend, just mm-hmm. the idea of what, where they're going to go with it. And they mentioned plenty of times um, with one of the characters, one of the characters, um, all about like what this baby could be. Um, and so it's, it's going to be very interesting because Sarah Paulson, she's coming back, but she's playing possibly three characters. She's gonna play. Uh, okay, she's girl. gonna play um, the cycle. Who was her name was Billy, um, and Billy was the one who explained about the box, about the box that every pope receives that has the exact um, um, information about how the Antichrist will return. Mm-hmm. He talked about that. She also will be playing Cordelia, who is now the new supreme, since they're now combining a little bit of Murder House with Coven, and she's gonna play a new character called Vendable. Don't know what that is, but I'm kind of interested in it. You know, I I love Sarah Paulson. I love when she does these characters. Um, I hope she's not gonna be screaming in it like she was doing. I think so. Oh Lord, that's screaming. She oh. they made a video of all her screaming moments. <laughs> like y'all are I have a lot of time. But I'm interested in this, this whole antiquate. I like the ads. Have you seen the ads? I've seen a little bit of them, yeah. Like it, that black evil hand and that red devil ass baby. I am really enjoying it. So after watching the first season, I was like, okay, I can, I see what y'all, you set that up. Um, and it's, it looks like it's going to be very interesting. Uh, I'm interested to see what Covenant will have to do with it. But of course, as you think about it, they're witches. And so therefore the Antichrist, you got witches, you got all that stuff coming. So I'm hoping it will be good. Um, it, it should be very interesting. Now um, in this, we know that, um, you know, what's it, Evan Peters is coming back. Because, of course. <laughs> he's coming back. Now, if he's going to be playing Tate, I don't know. Is he going to be playing? Well, he could play the other guy the in Coven. I can't remember his name in Coven, but he did survive in Coven. Um, Adina Porter would be there. Is, is Adina and Billy, are they brother and sister? I don't think so. Because they look alike. They do look alike, yes. So, But I don't think they're related. Okay, because I was like looking at my kid, y'all, y'all can I'll look that up, but um, hell, we, I look alike uh, to Adina and uh, <laughs> Billy. <laughs> well, hell, who knows? You you never know. But yeah, she's gonna be in it. Um, Kathy Bates is gonna be back in it, so it's gonna be kind of the same old crew. Uh, Emma Roberts gonna be in there, so we'll see what's gonna go down in the series. Um, Joan Collins is going to be in the tomb. So I'm yes. <laughs> see what Miss Lexus is going to do in this show. If she don't tear shit up, we need somebody to. That's what I. Because you know they gave you know they they got us back because of Pose. You know I, I got more faith back in what's the name um, because of Pose. But you know hopefully this season will be a good solid season. They will carry through and it won't be a lot of mess. But we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm, I'm kind of excited. I'm ready. I'm ready for some trailers. I need to see stuff. I don't want to put my hat in just yet. <laughs> why are you what, what are you hesitant about? Uh, 
I don't know. Sometimes American Horror Story for me can start really good, mm-hmm. but then towards the end it like falls off the rails. Yeah, yeah. I know what you, I know. That's what happened to Coven. Coven it was like, ooh, I was feeling it. And then it was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah. And then when they did Freak Show, I, I just left. I left it. Yeah. I, went, I came in for Patty LaBelle and then she got killed. And then I left. And then the other ones, I go in and out. Now I watched a little bit of Hotel again, and I, it was too much. That was too mm-hmm. much. And they was fucking like the first couple of episodes. I was like, oh okay. Well, then they fucked like the first episode of the first season. Oh so. yeah, like, if you go back look at the first, hell, the first season, what's his name? Dip, Dylan Dirtwood. His cute self. I her walking around with no clothes on. A lot. Right. So yeah, it's a, it's always a lot of screwing in the show. <laughs> it really, <laughs> that's why he loves doing that. I realized when Nip Tuck was like that. So yes, it was. It was, and I wasn't complaining, but it was just like, Lord, there's so much going on. But yeah, you know, the new apocalypse is coming. Um, really, to see what's going to happen here and what new characters they're going to introduce. They said it's going to be some new characters we've never thought about will be in this. And I'm like, okay, well, let's see what you do. I mean, usually, you know, the actors do give you some good performances, though, so. Yes. They, I, I will say that they give you some performances, and Adina Porter has been good with her performances, so I'm very curious to see what role she's going to play. Um, now, I also heard there may be a mix from the last one, the election one, which, well, I can see that because, again, who knows, but We'll see. So yeah, look forward to that, y'all. We'll, of course, if they get anything, anything popping with that, we will post it on the internet. Anything else this week we should talk about? Um, I don't think so. Well, uh, some in some video game news. Yes. Uh, Evo was this past weekend, and shout out to Sonic Fox for winning uh, Dragon Ball uh, Evolution because mm-hmm. uh, he is a black queer furry. So representation is always key in there. Right. Um, during the during the Tekken um, tournament, it was announced that Lei Wulong and Anna Williams are going to be playable characters. What else? I think that's about it. Um, Vol in um, Soul Calibur, which is supposed to be coming out October nineteenth. Astroth and Zhuang Mei were announced as characters in addition to Valdo. Um, he was announced a few weeks ago. So that is uh, said to be dropping soon, which I am very excited about. Yeah. Um, that's all I have. All right. Well, I guess that is it for the tea. Um, we're going to take a break. And then once we return, we have a special guest for y'all. Yes. Look out. We'll be back. Recording stopped. All right, everybody. We are back. And for our King Slice issue today, we are very fortunate to have Billy Wynn, who is a singer, songwriter, uh, recording artist, entertainer, crooner, giving you all types of greatness since 2012. I, I actually been looking at your stuff. So I was like listening to some of your songs. It's very sultry and a little heartbreaking with some some of the you know some of the stuff. 
And but then there was some dance pieces. There was some good stuff in it. I like the mix of your music. But I just want to say that Billy has been on the grind. Now, probably longer than this, but since 2012, he released um, Future Ex Boyfriend, which was very sexy. I really enjoyed that. Um, and then you got lucky. You got to be a um, South by Southwest. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, and, you have been. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I can't have you on the show and not talk about some of the accomplishments you have. And but you know, it's, it's funny because like a lot of people, um, they never do that. Like you, you think that they would just, you know, mm-hmm. a quick Google, but they don't. And so, like, I'm, I'm usually having to explain these things um, <laughs> throughout like the interviews. So I'm, I'm, I'm impressed right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, no, no, because, you know, when we when we got a hold that we'll be talking to you, I was like, you know, I've heard of this name somewhere. And after I was going through some of your music, I was like, I've heard of this. Like, I've heard your music. I just didn't know the face and name. And, and, and so um, now kind of hearing and seeing things, it's just really exciting to know um, that you have stuff coming out. You have work. You have a you have a collection. And so that is really neat. So I'm glad. I want the public to know. We want the public to know. So we'll be posting some of your stuff on our on our Twitters. <laughs> but I, I, I just wanted to, like, talk about some of the things you've done because it's amazing. I mean, I guess South, um, South by Southwest is an important event. And for you to be performing there, and not only just performing there, but you've been doing a few of the prides. So people are seeing you and hearing your music. So... Yeah. I'm very excited. To, we were like, yes, let's get Billy on here. Let's have this conversation because it's exciting to talk to someone who is queer, who is black, and putting out some good quality music out here. I really appreciate it. Like, you're making me blush. It's really hard to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you're right. Like, I, I've definitely been um, on the underground and on the ground for um, some years now. I'm glad I'm glad to do that. Um, so let, let's just get into some questions because I have some things I just want to know. Um, okay. So I know a little bit about you, but, you know, our listeners may not. So can you tell us some of your musical influences? What really gets you inspired when it comes to creating your music? Artists that inspire me that it's hard to just say 
name and it sounds um, familiar to what it is that I do. I think the thing that inspires me the most is making music that makes a comment about something that I've observed in my life as a black queer man. Mm-hmm. I will say that when I was listening to some of your stuff, I was getting Prince. I was getting Andre Simone. Um, uh, Prince is a huge influence on me for sure. Um, Michael Jackson and Janet um, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I love music from the 80s in general. Um, it was just like a really awesome time for pop music um, in the way that like you had all these artists made music for the masses but the songs were well written and the stories were heartfelt and um they kind of became in my mind because i discovered them like way later um timeless in a way you know what i mean yeah Um, when i want to push myself beyond like when i feel like i was okay i did that and it was okay but like now i feel like i need something to make me feel like i need to go further like i listen to artists like prince of Michael Jackson's records and songwriters like Cindy Lauper. Um, because it's just, there's something in those records that just doesn't um, exist in music in the mainstream, in my opinion. Um, and so I go back to those records to then go back to my records and say, okay, this is crap. I need to start, need to start over again and try and, and find that thing that these artists Right. And, you know, I'm I'm like you. I love the 80s. I feel like there were more risks taken back then with not only just the music, but the looks and fashion and um, a state of mind. Like I think of Dead or Alive, like, you know, when you have Pete out there doing what he's doing and giving you that type of voice that he gives when he sings these songs. You don't really see it. No, no, no. But no, it's like it's interesting because I look back and I'm like, oh, my God, the, the power and the, the veracity and, and everything that they were doing. We just don't get that. Everything is so I got to be pretty. I got to be this. I got to be hot. I got to be the same format. I got to use the same producers. And funny enough, they were using similar producers back then. But I feel like the producers were more uh, I think of now Rogers. You can tell his sound, but he was very he you can tell the difference that he from when he worked with Deborah Harry to when he was doing things with Sister Sledge or when they're you know working with other artists David Bowie it was just so much more you know creativity so yeah I I totally agree with you that there was so much back then and I and I feel a little bit of that in your music so I, I see where that influence comes from that's great I'm glad that you feel that because, you know <laughs> Um, like Future's boyfriend, um, and I had another record that came out um, a few. 
few years ago called He Won't Do. Mm-hmm. It can sort of be summed up to like boys, sex, and parties. And I'm fine with that aesthetic because it, it's essentially a part of what I do. Yeah. Um, but it also means a lot to me when people stop and say, hey, this is actually a really heartfelt song and there's a lot more going on here than what is it seems to be going on like on the surface. Yeah. Very true. And I definitely take that influence from artists like Prince um, yeah. and Madonna and a lot of artists from the 80s who they were making pop music um, and it was fun and it, it sounded really lighthearted but if you really listen to the stories um, there was something more provocative being discussed mm-hmm. um, and something that, that made you No, and I was going to ask you, talk about, let's talk about your process. Can you walk us through your creative process in creating your music, creating the lyrics and, and, and putting it all together? Mm-hmm. Because what makes sense in my mind never 
Okay. And I was going to, you're like answering questions already because I was going to talk about Dreamland because Dreamland has um, a couple of songs on here and some that I'm seeing that people are really getting into is Seal It With A Kiss and Crush. And Crush is, Crush is, I, I like it. But I felt a little sad with it because it was like it was this yearning that I was feeling in that song. Does that make sense? Like, it's, 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 no, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. Crash is definitely sad. Um, I know musically it probably like there's a there's almost like a churning that happens with the music, so it it, it doesn't feel sad, mm-hmm. but it is definitely a lamentation. Yes. Um, <laughs> it is. Not in an arrogant way, but just like, no, you know, it is. And I'm like, wow, like, I think this might be something that people actually enjoy. Yes, I agree because it was that type. It's the, it gave me that feeling of when you, the feeling you have about someone and, and really wanting somebody and just just what they do to you. They almost drive you insane. You know, when yeah, you. And it's that feeling, and the beat was perfect. And I just felt like, okay, I'm feeling this. I understand it. There's a lot of songs with Crush. Like, I think of Mandy Moore. <laughs> I just think of many songs that have, like, about a crush or, you know, the Jets. Um, but this one was just, like, it made sense. It was like, oh, I, yes, the longing, the beat, the, the feeling of it. So when when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, my God, I've been there too many times <laughs> in that feeling. So yes, I was feeling it. I have to play it again. Now see what you did. I have to play it again because it's that, it's that type of song. It makes sense. It's that song that makes sense for what it is. Yes, thank you. And I, I um, it's one of my favorite songs. It was actually, if it wasn't for Crash, um, the rest of Dreamland would not exist. Oh, why is that? Uh, Talk about that. Because I was just like, you know, it's like I said, like I, I laughed and was taken back a little bit when you. <laughs> what has happened since then um, is such a like whirlwind and you know the story in and of itself um, but before between you and Future X Boyfriend and Crash I wasn't really doing a whole lot of songwriting mm-hmm. um, I was having an awful time with the label that eventually picked up Future X Boyfriend mm-hmm. and um, it was just a, it was a Um, 
that went on for the better part of, I would say, like two years. And then I was also fighting with my producer, uh, my, who, well, my main producer at the time. And so that made it really hard to, to write mm-hmm. because it was just like we're fighting and we created this sound together. And now I kind of don't know artistically who Billy Wynn is anymore. Oh. Like I remember... Like, it's like being in a relationship. Yes. And, you know, remembering sort of images of yourself before the relationship, but then not really knowing who you are, who that person is after the relationship. Hmm. Um, and it took a while to to get to a point where, like, I remembered who it was I was as an artist and what that was representing. Um, in what I was actually capable of. And Crash was one of the first steps back in that direction. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you mentioned Crash because that's another one that is very, the beat and the, the lyrics are very heartfelt and you can feel the emotions in that song as well. I, I like the way that you are able to convey that because when you think of, it's funny, when you think of gay artists, you always the question is, can they really give good music? And that comes up a lot. Um, because sometimes I always question like, well, why don't, you know, all the, you know, all the gays love to go to the Carly Rae, Jimsons and all that. But when it comes to our own, I don't feel, I wish they would, you know, stand for us the way they stand for the others, if that makes any sense. And I feel like your music... I think that, um, I absolutely 100% agree. I think that what happens there are two things that happen, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion. The first thing that happens is when someone, I think that when someone identifies as gay, then the conditioning is that their art has to then seem gay as well. And if it isn't necessarily gay in a way that that is pedestrian, that people understand, quote unquote, gay, mm-hmm. then it gets confusing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if you identify as gay, but your music doesn't sound gay, then, like, we don't understand. Hmm. Um, that's, at least that's been a part of my, my um, experience. And then mm-hmm. the other thing, the other part of it, and why I think people latch on to uh, female artists who may not identify with the LGBTQ community, but are friendly um, is because that's a part of conditioning as well is like you know people don't necessarily there haven't really been you know at least not in, in, in like my childhood and, and growing up gay artists that I can name who were trying to achieve what it is that I'm trying to achieve or who actually did it's not until just recently with artists like myself and Emanique, Joy Savon, mm-hmm. and Ali Alexander, um, just to name like Sam Smith, you know what I mean? Like artists who sort of are trying to break into or have broken into the mainstream and they they've identified as gay the whole time. Mm-hmm. Where now I think audiences can say, I can support, you know, a gay artist because I can see a gay artist. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. And it, and it makes um, a, it makes a lot of sense what you just said. <laughs> it makes a lot yeah. of sense. And that's true, and I, and I, I sometimes wonder is it is it a fear just to as you were saying it's easier probably for some people to be like I like this artist because they're gay friendly versus someone who is, 
completely queer. I think it's safer for some people, and I think there's some issues that some of us still deal with when it comes to accepting the music um, that's coming from our community. Because uh, I think about Sylvester, and I think about how the struggles that he had um, when when he was doing music, and how he had to transition from disco to everything else, but also how the the industry was at that time as well, and how to how to sell him. That was always an issue as well. I think that I completely agree. I think that um, that's one of the the beauties of the times now with social media. Mm-hmm. Is you don't have to concern yourself as an artist. You don't have to concern yourself with, oh my God, I'll never get a record deal because they won't know how to mm-hmm. market me, or they'll, you know, that that's the excuse they'll use, or you know, they won't want to see me because I, you know, am out and I identify as gay. Which is something, you know, when I was when I was a kid, there were no gay artists on television. Um, the only gay artists you know, that were immediately recognizable to me. The only person that I can think of uh, was RuPaul. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Who was an inspiration for a number of reasons. You know, but mainly because, okay, this is an African-American queer individual who is not taking any BS for, you know, what it is that he's doing as an entertainer. And that was inspiring to me you know, to a degree, but there was still that fear because I didn't, you know, I had no aspirations to be a drag queen, and so it was kind of, you know, that thing, okay, well, that's cool for her because of her aesthetic, but, like, how would it work for Mm -hmm. me? I think nowadays it's easier because of social media. You don't really have to worry about that particular fear because you can go directly to the people who like it, whether they're in this country, another country, on Mars, wherever they are, <laughs> you know, you can find them and you can build your audience that way. You can show, you know, whoever it is that you need to show, you can prove to them that you can do this. Yeah. Um, with, you know, because of social media mm-hmm. and the way that, that independent artists are able to maneuver nowadays. So it does make it like a lot easier. Okay. No, that makes sense. I'm glad you kind of got really in depth with that because social media has changed the game and it's giving people the options, but also giving them the the choices of like, here are the people who are out here. Take, you know, check them out, give them a shot. So yeah, I, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I want to know what do you, what, what message do you want your music to convey to the public? Like, you know, for me, like, in my thought process, uh-huh. I was like a pop song, you know what I mean? I'm just thinking about a boy, and <laughs> I realize that I'm saying it in a really simplistic way, mm-hmm. but it does strike a chord with people. Um, so there isn't a particular message in the music that I am conveying other than, you know, I hope that there's somebody out there who relate to this. I think that overall the message that I would like to convey is that you can be whoever you want to be in this world. Hmm. 
<laughs> the overall package, you know, the music, the visuals, the performance, Billy Lynn, you know, me as, as an artist, that's what I want people to, that's what I want to represent for people is that you can be whoever you want to be and you can do whatever you want to do. Um, it's easier said than done, but the moment you step your foot out there to do it, you know, you'll see that it's not, it's not impossible. Hmm. It's true. That's very true. So, I'm I'm seeing and I've heard, and I when I and I did do my I tried to use Miss Google the best way I could, um, that you are a fan of comics and anime. Is that true? I am a fan of comics and anime. Yes. 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 So tell me, tell me, what are your favorite comics and anime and why? You know we are we are a nerdy podcast, so we have to ask these questions. Oh, wow. 
his hands are like warm into all of these different weapons and things like that. And so he was basically fighting off the parasites that had taken over, fully taken over humans. Um, and I just think that it's, I mean, you know, that's the, that's my, um, we'll say my boy side. <laughs> you know, I just like, you know, crazy action fighting. Because it's like a lot of like hack and flesh bloody, and like that kind of thing, and so, <laughs> those will be my top three, Seven Moon, Bleach, and Yes. Um, because they were like young, like teenage X Men. Yeah. And I discovered the comic book um, like right before, like I was a preteen. Mm-hmm. And so, like I just liked it. It was drawn, and I liked the stories and the characters were different. I love the X Men, but like I've been watching the X Men and reading X Men comics for so long that like the characters. Yeah. So like the details were, you know, new and they were different, except for Jubilee. Yeah. <laughs> um, she was the, you know, the crossover. Yeah. Um, the M Day graphic, I call the graphic novel, but the M Day like the mini series. Yeah. Yeah, she and, and she's amazing. I like Justice League comic books mm-hmm. and, and stories. Um, and by Justice League, I mean like the entire pantheon of Justice League. So that would include the Teen Titans um, and the uh, the what's it? The Super Friends. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Yeah. Which I totally, I totally get into that. Yeah. Yeah, they are, it's very interesting if you look back at the history of a lot of the Justice League and even with the, I like the classic um, Teen Titans. Um, I'm not a fan of the whole emo version of Raven, but I love the classic Raven where she was a little bit more, she was a little bit different. She was really, an, she's a very interesting character. I always tell people, like, read the the 80s version of the Teen Titans. I think people enjoy that. Just because it's... I think I've always loved Raven's power. Like, I can take or leave her character just because yeah. I really like to emo, and I like to like okay, well, that's, you know, sort of an obvious way to take, in my opinion, to take her character. But her power was always the thing that... that was exciting to me because um, you never really knew what it was that she was capable of. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it's kind of funny because it's all kind of weird and and there's so much to her power though. It's so much to her power. Yeah. It was really, um, she became one of my favorites just because of her, her power. Um, you know, it's funny, this is like, probably like, I mean, this is me like nerding out. Um, I was not here for Enchantress until the Suicide Squad movie. <laughs> I, see, I struggle with her, but I, 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 but I also enjoyed that because she's very different in the comics. Yeah, and she wears. You know what I'm saying? Which is, you know, that's yeah. kind of like basic. And so, I wasn't really like I never really paid any attention. But then when they did her character in the movie, I was like, oh, I've never seen this version. I like this version. They should do this yeah. version more. It was a it was a very interesting take and a little bit more fantastic. So, it was I I enjoyed it. I really did. All right. So my. My last question um, is, describe your music in three words. Um, sexy, provocative, and guarded. Hmm. That is very neat. That is very neat. <laughs> well, Billy, that's pretty much it. I want to make this kind of quick and short, but I'm glad people are getting to know you. Um, and y'all, check his stuff out. It is all over YouTube. Um, Dreamland, the EP is out. You can get on Spotify. And um, Seal It With A Kiss is hot. Crush is hot. Crash is hot. His music is hot, so y'all need to check that out. And Billy, where can they find you? So, again, thank you, Billy, for joining us today. Please check out his stuff. It is hot. It is sexy. It's a little bit of sadness, but it's it's all worth it. So check it out, and we'll see y'all. No problem. I'm glad you came on today, um, and we will be back. So hold on. All right, so that's our show this week. Um, check us out on Twitter, the Magazine Pod, um, as well as Instagram, The Magazine, and our website, Megashine and on Facebook we are the Megashine. So we are everywhere. We'll be back next week with some more interesting things to talk about. Um and so yeah. Have a good night.